Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hello everyone. How are you? How are you? It is so nice to be with you. I hope you've had the most wonderful week. I've had a fab week looking after a dog. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram, you know I love my dogs. I've got a big dog and I've got, but the big dog's the baby and my little dog's old and she just had ACL surgery. So there you go. Who knew a dog had an ACL? Um, So she, I thought she had arthritis, poor baby. So my week has been um, carrying her around and apparently that's going to be my next eight weeks because she's not allowed to walk on it. Anyway, I want to get straight into today's podcast because I have got so much to cram in. I would actually suggest if you can that you might even take notes on this one. If you want to, you don't have to. Some of you might just listen for pure enjoyment, but this one's pretty information packed. And uh, I wanted to do a second podcast, a follow-up on the one that I did not last week, but the week before, which was called episode 24, go back, check it out, uh, bringing back respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T is what I called it. And we talked all about authority and how when uh, we honor authority it unlocks the power of God in our life and our text was Romans chapter 13 so we talked about God is our ultimate authority all authority in our lives has been placed there by God and where to submit and come under it and the power of God will be released in our life so go back listen to that however I did say that I want to look at the other side of the story which is you know, what if the authority that we're under, what if it's corrupt? What if it's immoral? What if it's a bad authority? What if we don't agree with it? What do we do in that case? And so um, I've really done a lot of thinking and a lot of chatting and passing this um, to and fro with Cameron and myself because um, it's actually taken me a really long time to put this one together because I wanted to get this right and really search the Bible because I find so many instances in the Bible where um, where people did go against, you know, the law of the land at the time. And so I wanted to really look into why and what implications that that might have for us. I also asked you guys during the week um, what kind of authority that you struggle with the most and why. And so many of you answered that. And thank you so much. I love it when you guys chat with me and let me know. I really appreciate it. It helps me to set the direction of these podcasts because I really want it to be helpful to you. And so many of you said um, quite a few different things and I promised you that I would keep it anonymous and I will. And I'm going to weave what you've said and what you've asked me into this podcast today around authority. But I want to look at this whole question of you know, is it okay to question authority? When is it okay to question authority? But before we get going into that, I just want to say from the get-go that anyone that's being abused in any way by authority, that is not okay. You know, whether it be physical, sexual, emotional, mental abuse, um, if anyone in authority is doing that to anybody else, to a victim, then that is not okay. And in fact, I wouldn't even call that person a person in authority. I would call them a perpetrator. Uh, Anyone being subject to any form of abuse should be protected and has a right to be protected. And the person doing the abuse 
needs to have the full weight of the law thrown at them. They need to be removed, punished and take the full consequences. And I know even recently here in Queensland, it's been absolutely heartbreaking to see some of the children who have been you know, neglected and abused by parents who should be looking after their kids. And in one instance, there were these two boys and neighbors were witness constantly to the abuse that these boys, the neglect that they suffered, and they took video evidence and they complained time and time again. And it took quite a while for the system to rescue those two boys. And thank God they've been rescued now. But um, you know, our system is broken. And, and what do we do when we see authority that's, um, you know, causing more harm um, than good? So I'm going to try and address uh, a, quite a few different things here today. And I want to make a couple of observations before I do start. And that is, I've just talked about abusive authority. And um, you know, does corrupt authority exist? Yes, it does. But does that make all authority corrupt? No, it doesn't. So I just want to say from the start that we should not use the few examples or the exception or the minority as an excuse. So inevitably, you know, when you start talking about honoring authority, you know, you'll get people and I did have, a, you know, one or two people write in and go, well, hey, you know, what about you can't just blanket that we've got to obey all authority. What about abusive authority and authority who don't believe victims or, you know, people who abuse their power? And absolutely, when someone is being abused, like I said, that's not okay. In the same token, it is the exception and it's not the rule. And we tend to have a tendency that probably didn't make sense, did it? Tend to have a tendency in this generation that when we see an exception, we then use that as an excuse to go, oh, well, we're just not going to listen to any authority because one, if one person's bad, then all authority is bad. And that's not true. So let's not use the minority of cases as an excuse. Let's not use the examples of a few bad eggs who abuse their authority as an excuse not to honor the rest of the authority figures in our lives. Because when you think about it, anyone who, everyone who's in authority over you, are any of those people abusive? And I know for me, no, they're not. So it really, um, there are very, very few, thank God. Um, I think we would all agree that most authority figures are good. Most are well-meaning. Most want the best for us. And you know what? We are all human and I'm in a position of authority and some of you listening might be in a position of authority and we're all human and we all need grace extended to us uh, also. So uh, I want to, the second thing I wanted to say, and quite a few people wrote in and said to me that they struggle with to honor authority whose views that they don't agree with. So for example, it might be, um, you know, a politician or it could be a teacher who constantly is teaching your class with a bias um, or, you know, you might have have a, a boss or, or someone at work who's an authority who you just do not agree with their viewpoint. And when is it, when can we draw the line there? Do we then, um, uh, do we have permission, I guess, to to not listen to that authority, to not put ourselves under that authority because we don't agree? But if we were to look back at that Romans 13, verse 1 to 7, it really is pretty clear that disagreeing is not reason enough to um, dishonor authority. 
that just because we disagree with someone, it doesn't give us the right to then just completely dismiss their authority over us. So the Bible is very clear that we're to be subject to all authority. And there were no caveats and no qualifiers over that. It didn't say only be subject to moral authority or good authority or only be subject to authority that you agree with. You know, the Bible didn't say that. It says to be honoring of all authority. And so I would say that if you are somebody who you don't like what a particular politician or a teacher or whoever is, you don't like their viewpoint, you can disagree with them, but you can still honor them. And an example would be uh, one of my sons has got a teacher at his school and they have got a really good relationship. He really respects her and she really respects him and they get along so well and um, she speaks so highly of him and he speaks really highly of her, but they have completely different views. Like literally we've got conservative Christian values and, um, and her views are very different to that. And there have been so many times that he will come home and go, mom, miss said da, 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 da. And he will challenge her on that, but he, but she then will challenge him back and they have a very respectful discussion. And I'm okay with that because we can all have our views, but I think it's all about how we approach that. You know, Jesus was always humble. And I think something that we're missing now is that, that sense of being able to disagree with someone, but doing it with humility and kindness and respect. And I want to challenge all of us and encourage all of us listening that even if you're challenging or disagreeing with someone, particularly on social media, do it respectfully. Um, I've seen people do it with a tongue in cheek respect. Like I saw someone the other day, someone actually who I knew who wrote something on, um, on the prime minister's uh, Instagram and then ended up with the word, you know, with sir, like asked a question and then said, sir. And it wasn't a respectful, sir. It was actually a disrespectful, sir. So I think we just need to be careful. And, you know, if my son was disrespectful to his teacher in disagreeing, I would be totally okay with that teacher um, punishing him and him having to take the consequences because it's not okay. So you can disagree, but we need to be humble and respectful. So what I wanted to have a look at was we studied that Romans chapter 13 two weeks ago, but I want to give you a little bit of context about it. When Paul wrote this letter, at the time when he was telling us to come under all authority and be um, submit ourselves to authority, the ruler of the time was an emperor called Nero, N-E-R-O, and he was actually a really evil man. And you can look him up and, um, you know, Google the history of this man, but he was actually known for political murders, for the prosecution, persecution, sorry, of Christians. And his leadership was very um, corrupt. And yet here we have Paul saying, while he's under this authority, we hear Paul saying where to submit to authority. So I find that really, really interesting. So let's talk about corrupt authority for a minute. So let me say this first of all. When Paul wrote that, remember he said that all power, all authority comes from God. So let's remember this when it comes to corrupt or bad authority. They are answerable to God. Okay, just like we are answerable to God, they are also answerable 
to God. And when I think of some of the corrupt authoritarian people that we've had in history, that is a really scary thought. But it also should keep all of us accountable that if any of us are in positions of authority, we are answerable to God. So that means your boss, accountable to God, your teacher, accountable to God. Even if they don't know it, they are accountable to God because their authority has been given to them, whether they know it or not, by the ultimate authority, which, which, is, um, which is God. Our politicians accountable to God. So let's look at Paul for a second. And, you know, Paul tells us to honor authority. And Nero was an evil emperor. In fact, let me give you an example of some of the atrocities that he committed. A fire broke out in Rome that lasted for six days and seven nights. So it was a huge fire. And history basically is saying it was probably accidental, but these rumors swirled that Nero ordered it, ordered the fire so he could re- rebuild Rome to his liking. That's how evil he was, that people would think of that. Now, he shifted those rumors to blame the Christians because he hated the Christians and he persecuted the Christians, probably because they refused to participate in Rome's social and civic life. And so here we have Paul, who is considered a ringleader of the Christians. And you can read that in Acts chapter 24, verse 5, um, where the scripture says, we found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader. That's literally what the Bible says. And in fact, even before Paul wrote Romans, he actually, and you can read this also in Acts, well, I think it might be chapter 19, if I look at, yeah, no, Acts chapter 9, verse 25. And again, you can read about this in 2 Corinthians 11. But Paul actually had to escape the city um, by hiding in a basket and being lowered down a wall. That happened in Damascus. So obviously, Paul, who's telling us to submit to authority, who's under the rule of an evil, corrupt authority, seems to be by his actions actually disobeying authority. He's known as a troublemaker and a ringleader. He had to escape the city beforehand because he was causing so much trouble. So the charges against Paul were basically that he defies the decrees of Caesar. In other words, he wasn't he was defying the culture of his time. And he also was obviously advocating for another king. So instead of saying, oh, yes, you know, emperor and Caesar and, you know, bowing down to them, um, he was obviously advocating for another king, which is Jesus Christ. So this is very interesting that Paul is telling us to honor and he himself is under corrupt authority, and yet he is considered a troublemaker. So this begs us to ask the question, is it ever okay to question authority? Is it okay to be countercultural like what Paul was doing? And there are other examples in the Bible. So for example, um, we see in Exodus chapter one, remember Moses' parents, Jochebed and Am- Amran, Amran, they were ordered all for all, all male infants were meant to be killed upon birth. Now, Jochebed and Amran, if they were supposedly submitting to authority, they would have obeyed that, but they didn't. They disobeyed authority. They protected their son, which was Moses, and hid him in a basket and put him on the river. Um, in Daniel 
chapter three, we've got Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego refusing to bow down to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar and they were thrown into a fire. Uh, We've got um, another example in Daniel chapter six where we see that Daniel himself didn't um, refuse to stop praying. And so he was thrown into the lion's den. So there are quite a few examples in the Bible where people did not just lay down and obey the rules of the land. But, and there's a big but, I need to explain to you the differences between that word submit. Okay, so... In the Bible, you see the word submit quite a few times in the New Testament, but there are different meanings, different Greek meanings to that word. Now, one of the words submit, actually the Greek word is hupakau, H-U-P-A-K-O-E. That word means to obey or to be attentively listening. And when we see that word submit, hupakau, obey, that word is used in the context of whenever we're, the Bible talks about a hierarchy, for example, parents and children. So children are to obey or attentively listen to their parents. But on all the other occasions that we see the word submit, and this is what we're talking about in Romans, also in 1 Peter, where, where Peter talks about submitting to all human authority and institutions, that word actually comes from the Greek word Hupotasso, H-U-P-O-T-U-S-S-O, Hupotasso, which means to arrange stuff respectfully in an orderly manner. So can you see the two differences between the word submit? So one word when it comes to hierarchy means to obey. But the other word means to submit, which means to defer out of respect, to keep things in an orderly manner. So submitting to authority in in, um, the book of Romans, which is what Paul was talking about, means coming under and fitting in with the order and structure of society. Okay, so this reflects the fact that God loves order. God loves. The reason he talks about authority and government and obeying authority is because he is not a God of chaos or anarchy. He knows that we thrive better under an ordered, structured society. So let me answer this question. Somebody asked me um, that uh, because their dad apparently constantly says to their mum, um, you have to you have to obey me, you have to submit to me because of Ephesians 5.22. Um, and again, for this person that asked this question, your dad doesn't fully understand the original meaning of the word submit. Now, at the beginning of that verse, it says, wives submit to your husbands. And then by the end, it says, husbands are to love your wives. That word submit is not the word obey as in hierarchy, as in hupa cow, it's the other kind, which is submit, which means to keep order. So in other words, God wants us to have order in our homes by the way that we treat one another. And so if you, if that's your dad saying that, you need to say to dad, dad, you got to go get your Greek on and understand what that word submit means. It means to keep order in your house and respect because God knows that an ordered, structured society is better. And of course, we want an ordered and structured home because 
families are the building blocks of society. You destroy the family, you destroy society. So God wants order and he's a God of respect. Okay, but here come, here come the big buts <laughs> that if we are going to take the example of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who didn't bow down. And if we take Paul's example and there are other other examples in the Bible that I don't have time to go into here. There's something that we've got to note and that we need to learn that if we want to question authority, if we want to be countercultural, if we want to stand up for something, do you notice that every time one of these people in the Bible did that, defied authority, broke the rules, stood up, they also had to submit to the punishment for breaking such rules. Every single one of them got punished. Daniel got thrown into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego got thrown into the fire. Paul got thrown into prison. Peter got thrown into prison. Every time there is some sort of consequence, okay? So if we do decide, you know what? I want to stand up for my rights. I want to go against a particular rule. Um... Or in some way, I want to protest an injustice, then we also have to submit to the punishment for breaking such a law because in doing so, we demonstrate our respect for the government. Whoa, I know a lot of you going, hang on a second, hang on, Renee. I thought I could just sit there behind my keyboard and just like throw my opinions out and, you know, hey, that's like protesting. But you know what? I actually call that slacktivism. It is so easy to stand behind our keyboard, sit behind our keyboard and throw out our opinions. But if they're not done in humility, if we don't disagree with, with, with respect, firstly, secondly, if we're going to do that, it's going to take more than, um, it's going to take more than just sitting down and writing something on our social media. Paul didn't just write a letter of disagreement. He actually did something. He took action. But when we do that, we have to be willing to take the consequences. So I'll give you a really good example in history. Martin Luther King Jr., who, as we know, was the civil rights activist um, in the 1960s. He encouraged peaceful protests. He did not encourage anarchy or violence or chaos. So let's take the example of the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott, where in order to protest the injustice of the way that the black people were treated, even on something like transport. It was December 1955. They decided that instead of getting on buses, they would let the buses go past them. And they organized private carpools to compete with the buses. Do you know for 381 days, not, not just for five minutes behind a keyboard, for 381 days, that is more than one year, Thousands of black residents walked on, refusing to get on buses. They walked through cold rain, oppressive heat. They endured death threats, violence and legal prosecution. Martin Luther King Jr.'s home was bombed. And instead of returning violence for violence, guess what they did? They went to the church pews and they prayed and rallied in churches in protest of the discrimination that they suffered. King himself was jailed for two weeks just for the crime, supposed crime, of joining his people in a non-violent protest against injustice. And in doing so, he remained respectful of governing authorities. So he protested, but he took the consequences. And guys, that we have to be 
really thoughtful about this. If we are going to start protesting things and, you know, if you want to start disagreeing, then you know what? We've got the right to do that because how blessed are we? We're in a country where we have freedom of speech, but we also are in a country where there are laws and we need to be able to take the consequences of that. Do you know that finally that boy boycott ended a year later in December of 1956 when finally, after all of that fighting, after all of that, and when I say fighting, I mean peaceful fighting, after all that protesting, after all that praying, after all that marching, after everything they went through, the Supreme Court ruled that racial segregation of buses was unconstitutional. So that's huge. They, yep, they went against, they protested an injustice, but oh my gosh, they, they won in the end. Okay, so the second thing that I want to say, if you want to question authority if you want to protest an injustice, if there's something that you don't agree with that you want to stand up against, I want to ask you this, what, what is it based on? Is what you're doing based on personal belief or on biblical truth? Is what you're doing based on what the crowd is doing at that one given moment or what on what God has specifically asked of you to do? Is what you're protesting something that's just really woke and popular right now and what the media is telling you? Or is it something that God's really put on your heart that you're seeing an injustice from, you know, that that is totally in line with, with biblical values? So I want us to really think about that. If we are going to question authority, what is it based on? Because if it's going to be based on your personal belief or if it's going to be based on your emotion, then what about the person sitting next to you that has a completely different personal belief and a completely different emotion about something? And that's why we need to come back to the Bible and say, well, what does God say? What is, you know, how is God wanting us to live? What is God wanting us to stand up for? Because our laws aren't our morals. God's word is our moral authority. Our ethics don't come from our laws. Our ethics come from what the Bible says. So for example, last year they changed the abortion laws here in in Queensland and for people to go and protest in front of parliament here in Queensland is a totally good and righteous thing to do because they are protesting you know, the taking away of the lives of unborn babies. So that that's an example. Let me give you another another example, and that's the whole climate change kind of deal. Now, I'm not going to give you my, my opinion on, on, on climate change. That's not what this is about. But I just want to use that as an example that we need to be really careful not just to jump on something that's trendy and woke and that all the media is jumping on and social media is jumping on. And so all of a sudden we decide we're going to jump on it too. We've got to do our own research first. And it was um, interesting to me that one teenage girl, Greta Thunberg, gets the world's attention and she's saying some pretty far-fetched stuff. Like she was saying that, you know, we've only got 12 years to save the planet and saying all sorts of things that was bringing a lot of anxiety to a lot of young people. And I really want to say to us girls, we've got to think for ourselves. I say it to you all the time. Think for yourself. We, I, I remember this guy put on, 
on Facebook, a, a Christian male in, in a kind of an, a position of authority, actually, in an educational institution who said that we need to listen to her because she's a female and because she's young. That's not true. You, you, I don't have to listen to anyone because they're a female or they're young and neither do you. We listen to people that have got the facts. And when someone is telling me that the world, you know, that, that, that all these um, ecosystems are collapsing, I'm like, which ones? Tell me, give me the facts. Which ones are collapsing? Oh, the planet is about to be destroyed in 12 years. Well, hang on a minute. Let me go back to my Bible. The Bible says no one knows the day or the hour that Jesus Christ will return and that the end of the earth will come. No one, certainly not Greta Thunberg. And so we've got to weigh everything up, girls, by the Bible. Don't just jump on the latest woke hashtag or social media. If you want to protest something, you need to think about it. You need to weigh it up against the Bible. And you know what? You need to take action. And if you're going to take action, that's not just a five-minute post behind social media. Like I look at Paul. I look at I look at Daniel in the Bible. I look at all of these people. I look at Moses' parents. They took action. They risked something. And if we're going to really question authority and stand up for something, it's going to take action. So if climate change is your thing, and that's what you're passionate about, then what are you doing about that? You know what? Yes, the Bible says that we need to look after this planet. God made this planet and we respect God when we respect what he made. And yes, we need less emissions and all of that. But you know what? How many people that are jumping on social media are also jumping out of their cars and walking instead? Who's getting rid of their phones? Who's who's turning off the air conditioner day in and day out? Who's deciding to walk to school instead of getting in the car and actually putting you know, their money where their mouth is, so to speak. Okay, so there you go. There's a couple of things about that. So so I I hope you've taken your notes. Um I just want to change pace just for a moment and I wanted to quickly end on a really, really big one that everyone asked me, quite a few people asked me about, which is what about parents? Um, what do I do if, um, you know, I struggle with my relationship with my parents? How do I honor my mom and dad? Because they're an authority. So how do I go about doing that? So um, we all know the scripture in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. You might not know where it comes from, but you would have heard of it. To honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And then just so that we didn't forget it, God had this put in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So I wanted to address this because I know that so many of you out there have a difficult relationship with your parents. And, you know, perhaps your parents... um you know, are divorced and making you choose between them. Maybe your parents don't say nice things to you and they're critical of you. Maybe they have different beliefs to you. Maybe you you go to church and they don't believe that. Maybe um, you've got, you know, a, a mother that lies to you or, or is very critical of you. Um, perhaps for some of you, it's a step parent that you really struggle with. And there are many reasons why we might struggle with our parents. And again, I just want to say firstly that there are exceptions where a parent has perhaps behaved so cruelly that it is morally impossible to honor them. So an abusive parent that's just done something inexcusable. 
and it's morally impossible to honor your parent. And that's an exception. And I don't think anyone that wrote into me has that situation. For the rest of us, it's just more an annoyance that we might not get along with our parents. Can I just say, I completely understand, um, you know, my parents, I love them both. They divorced when I was really little. Um, I've had an interesting relationship with my mum over the years. Uh, she ha- has on quite a few occasions made life, um, you know, quite difficult at times, even when I, you know, got married and moved out of home. And I've always really struggled with this. And um, and I know sometimes at times people have given me the advice, oh, it doesn't matter, don't worry about it. You know, if it's toxic for you, then just walk away. But I can't walk away because I know that the Bible says that I need to honor my mum and my dad. And so I liken it to walking a tightrope. That's what I felt like a lot of my life. Like I'm walking this tightrope and I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to do what God asked me to do. But honoring feels like I'm on this thin tightrope and every two seconds I literally fall off because something else happens and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is too hard. I just can't. I can't succeed at this. I just can't do this. And so this is something I've thought about. I've um, researched up a bit myself and I just want to share with you something that was really, really helpful for me when it came to this. Um, Let me tell you this. The Bible does not say to love your parents. It says to honor them. And I know that sounds really awful because ultimately we should all be trying to love our parents. Absolutely. But, you know, it's interesting because the Bible is specific to love our neighbor, to love strangers, to love God. But it actually doesn't say love your parents. It actually says, well, when in um, it says children obey your parents, but then in the two scriptures I just read, it says to honor them. So God understands that there will be reasons at times on why it is hard to love a parent. So loving them, that's between you and your heart. But the Bible doesn't demand that we love or even respect them. It just demands we show honor. What does that mean? That means that we give weight to the position that they hold in our life. Okay. So you might struggle to really get along with your mom or dad or really love your mom and dad. But you know what? They are still your mom and dad. And because they hold that position and they gave birth to you and that is their role in your life, we need to give honor to the position that they hold in our life. So let me say this, it is almost always possible to honor our parents in some way. Let me say that again. It is almost always possible to honor them in some way. And this, when we do this, the Bible says that it comes with, um, I guess most of us think of it as a reward that we'll we'll live long in the land. But I actually think it's also a reason because God knows that when we honor parents and we do what we can to keep the family unit strong and functional, what did I say before? Families are the building blocks of society. You destroy the family, you destroy a society. And it's so important that we find a way to honor even if we struggle to love or respect that we honor who they are in our lives. And when we do that, we, we do our part to keep the family unit strong, which means society is going to live a long time and last a long time. So how do we get to honor? Let me give you a few ways and then we're going to finish up. Um, basically, our parents should have some sort of special treatment because of who they are in our lives. Um, so for example, the way that we talk to them. 
okay? You don't talk to your parents the way that you talk to your friends or you shouldn't. So that's one way that we can show them honor and give them special treatment. Just the fact we call them mum and dad, guys, that's honoring. I remember my niece used to always call her mum by her first name when she was little and everyone used to laugh, but I never liked it because I'm like, no, that's disrespectful. And my kids tried it once or twice. They never tried it again. I'm like, guys, you did not call me Renee or Cam. We are mum and dad. So just calling them mum and dad is actually a sign of honor. Um, if you've moved out of home, maintain contact with them. I know I've been quite convicted of this lately. I'm like, you know what? I the, the least that I can do is make sure I call my mum and dad every week. I'm getting better at it. Um, being grateful for the things they have done for us. You know, all of us can find something that our parents have done, you know, provided for us, put us through school, kept a roof over our head, you know, whatever it is, be grateful, listen to their stories, be interested in their lives. Um, if you can, forgive them. Do you know forgiving them is actually a way of honoring them? How can you forgive them? This is what's helped me. I've looked at, um, if you if you have a look at how your parents were raised, it gives you a bit of understanding to why they are the way they are. And perhaps the way they were parented helps you to see why they parented you the way that they have. Um, speak well of them and then support and give them practical help. Um, that's another way that you can show honor. So there we go. Oh my gosh, we just made it. We're just over 35 minutes. So try and keep it to like half an hour. So... Oh my goodness, we packed so much into that. But I really, really pray that you find that helpful. And I know that so many of you right now are thinking of somebody in your life who you've just really struggled with, you know, that authority figure. I remember someone else actually wrote into and said like like um their boss would always take credit for the work that they do. And oh my gosh, that would be so frustrating. But you know what? I just think that when we continue to obey God and do what God has asked us to do, that God will make things right. And you've just got to trust God for that. And it might not be made right straight away, but it will be made right in the end. God will do it in his way. So can I encourage you all to be amazing girls who stand up for what you believe in and may what you believe in be Bible based. May you put your beautiful little heads deep into your Bible and search the scriptures high and low on all sorts of different topics so that you know what you believe in because it comes from God and God's heart. And may you stand up for the truth and may you do so with courage and may you do so respectfully and may we do so willingly to take the consequences no matter what. Anyway, I love you guys so much. Thank you again for joining me here and come and speak to me on Instagram and let me know what other topics you want me to cover. Have a fabulous week and I'll see you next week. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.